الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعض فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبلنا سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم One of the mistakes that we make when we face challenges in life is that we tend to look back instead of looking forward. One of the mistakes that we make as we face challenges in life is that we tend to look back instead of looking forward. And this mistake ends up paralyzing us and blocks us from reaching our full potential. This applies in our deen. It also applies in our dunya. Now, of course, I'm talking about it because it's relevant to our deen. But in order to better explain this concept, I'm first going to give you some examples from the dunya. Let's say that there's a student and the student failed the last exam. In a couple days, they have the next exam. If the student constantly thinks in the back of their mind, I failed the last exam, there's no way I'm going to be able to do well on the next exam. What's the probability of them doing well on the next exam? It's very low. Because they're so paralyzed by the past that they fail to look at the future. They keep looking back. They look behind them. I failed this exam. I failed the last exam. I'm not able to do it. I failed the last exam. But the reality is, instead of looking behind them, they should look in front and completely forget about the past. Now, When I say completely forget about the past, I don't mean that you shouldn't be informed by the past. There's a difference. We're going to talk about this a little bit later as well. The purpose of the past is to inform us. So for example, if I failed an exam, I'm not going to say, uh, I failed the exam, let's not worry about it, tomorrow will be better. But the reason that I failed the exam was that I didn't study, I didn't go to class, and then all of a sudden, magically, tomorrow is going to be better. That's not going to happen. So what's the role of the student? The student should look behind, see that they failed the exam, ask the question, why did I fail the exam? What's in my control that I can adjust? How can I inform myself based on the past? Okay, I didn't go to class, I need to go to class. I, did, I tried to cram everything the night before, I should have actually been studying a week before. 
I didn't take advantage of the TA sessions or the extra sessions that the professor was offering. I should have taken advantage of the extra sessions that the professor was offering. Now, I learned my lessons from the past. I take the lessons from the past, from the past I bring them forward to the present, and then I eliminate the past. Now I forget about the past. Now I don't ruminate that I failed on the exam, I failed on the exam, I failed on the exam, and now I'm just constantly reminding myself I failed on the exam, so it paralyzes me. I take the past, I inform myself, but I look always to the future. Similarly, let's say that there's an NBA player. They get two free shots. Sometimes they get two, sometimes they get more. It's hard to understand exactly what's going on. But let's just say there's two free shots. So they missed the first free shot. Now, if they're going to sit and think, I missed the first free shot, I'm definitely going to miss the second free shot. <laughs> then it's over. In fact... The key, one of the characteristics of the professional athletes is that they never remember yesterday. Because if they remember yesterday's victory, they don't remain hungry. And if they remember yesterday's failure, then they bring that failure to today as well. So this is like a general principle in life. You can't be paralyzed by the past. You can be informed by the past. Now, this same principle applies in our deen. Look, all of us make mistakes. Now, by the way, it, 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 there's many examples in our deen. I'm going to give a couple, but there's many examples in our deen. But let's start with ourselves first. All of us make mistakes. The nature of human beings is that they make mistakes. There's, of course, exceptions. The Prophet and them prophets, etc. I'm talking about you and me. It's all sitting in the masjid. We're talking to one another. We all make mistakes. It's inherent to humanity that the vast majority of human beings will make mistakes. Now, when we make mistakes, we look at the past to gain information about why we made the mistake. So we do look behind. And we ask ourselves, okay, I interacted with somebody I shouldn't have interacted with. But let me do a root cause analysis. Why did it happen? I was too loose in my speech. I was not careful about who I bring into my social media world. I was um, not careful about maintaining my connection with Allah, so it, I became a little weak. It was an opportunity for me to be taken advantage of. Whatever it is, I mean, you look at the past. You gain some information about the past. We use that information to inform ourselves. And then we make tawbah. We make istighfar. And then we look to the future. Now, if we want to talk about the past constantly, like if somebody sits down with me, and uh, you know, let's just say they want to talk about something that happened in the past, okay, we can discuss it once. We're not going to discuss it a second and a third and a fourth time. Because what's the problem with discussing it a second and a, a third and a fourth time? There's two problems. Number one, you're setting yourself to do it up all over again. I know it sounds weird, but I'm telling you, the person who continuously talks about their sins only damns themselves to future sins. They bind themselves to future sins because they become so fixated on it that it's going to happen again. Constantly thinking about it. It's like fixating yourself on a failure or fixating yourself on missing the free throw. You're going to miss the next one if all you're thinking about is how you missed the last free throw. So, this becomes a major problem, that we start looking at the past, dragging the past into the future, and bind ourselves to the past by bringing it into our future. 
So this is problem number one. Problem number two is that we don't understand the nature of Allah's forgiveness. When a person sincerely recognizes that they made a mistake in the past, and then they seek forgiveness for that mistake with sincerity, making an intention to not do it again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives it completely. It's completely wiped away. Now, if we're going to bring it up over and over and over again, we harm ourselves, but then we also begin to question Allah's mercy. Like, what are we thinking? We have to keep repeating the same thing and reminding ourselves of the same thing because uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can't forgive? Of course Allah can forgive, and Allah does forgive. And it's forgiveness in such a way that it's blanket. It's completely wiping away the sin. So this is the responsibility of the believer, that they should recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all-forgiving, all-merciful, will always forgive a sin, and they should move forward with that confidence. Uh, the ultimate example of this principle, it just lies in the example of Arafat, Hajj. There was a group of people that were making dua in Arafah. Sheikh was sitting there. Sheikh, a sheikh was sitting there. We're not going to go into details here. But a sheikh was sitting there. And somebody said to the sheikh, who's the worst person in this whole gathering? Imagine the plain of Arafah. Everybody has come for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. They're all crying. They're remembering their past sins. Of course they're remembering their past sins. That's why they're there. They're there to wash themselves, right? When you wash yourself, you put the sock the other way. You know, you put the dirt out in the front so that it gets washed. So they bring their sins forward. So somebody comes to the sheikh and says, Sheikh, who's the worst person in this whole gathering? No, come on. I mean, a whole bunch of people at Hajj, you could raise <laughs> the, the specter of who's the worst. People bring their sins to Hajj. They're not bringing their good deeds to Hajj, obviously. So the sheikh, he makes an interesting comment. He said, the worst person in this whole gathering, worst person in the whole gathering, is the one who thinks that Allah cannot forgive their sins. Imagine. The worst person in the whole gathering is the one who thinks Allah cannot forgive the, their, their sins in this gathering. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness is blanket. You come with, with a true uh, concept of seeking Allah's forgiveness for the mistakes that you make, Allah subhanahu wa, ta'ala, subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes it clean. We don't live in the past. There are religions that live in the past. We don't live in the past. We live in the future. Now you want to talk about the past every time. This happened to me, that happened to me. This happened to me, that happened to me. This person did this, that person did this. I did this, I did that. It's over. You just bound yourself for the whole future as well. If you want to live life like that, then you're, you're stuck in a circle. You're never going to escape. We cut the past. We move to the future. We recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is forgiving. Number one. Angle number two, I talked about ourselves. Now I'm going to talk about the external. We don't carry the rest of the world in the past either. We don't carry the rest of the world in the past. We move forward so that everyone can move forward. Easiest example is just the example of marriage. How can a marriage move forward if husband and wife are always talking about what the other one did in the past? This is the number one problem in marriage. Husband and wife... They spend 30 years together, 20 years together. They just accumulate each other's mistakes for 20, 30 years. they got the long laundry list that comes out. You did this to me, you did that to me. You did that to me, you did this to me. This year you did this. That year you did this. This year you did this. It's over. There's no hope. These two are going to be fighting like, you know, in a, in a, two, two warriors in a cage. Each one's got their long laundry list of all the mistakes that the other one did. 
The world does not work that way. We don't live in the past. We live in the future. When there's a mistake, we recognize the mistake, we inform ourselves based on the mistake, but we cut it at, uh, cut it at its cord and we move into the future. And by the way, this is the same that we expect that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do with us as well. We hope that on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not remember our mistakes, but instead will forgive and overlook our shortcomings. And one of the ways by which we attract that opportunity is by forgiving and overlooking the shortcomings of others. Now, I know we like to act very brave. We like to stand up in the middle of a difficult situation and say, you know what? You did this and this to me, but I forgive you so that Allah will forgive me. But then the next time, it just comes up all over again. The next time there's a conflict, then we remember that this person did this and that person did this and you said this and you said that. Life doesn't work that way. Successful people don't function that way. Successful people don't function that way. They don't carry the past. They bury the past. There's a difference. They don't carry the past. They bury the past. We don't remember the good deeds that we did. Right? We don't sit and I did this and then I did this and remember Hajj in 2005. and No, that's all gone. Right? We're looking forward to the future. We recognize the circumstance that at any moment I need to do the best thing that can please my Lord. And we don't carry the past with us as well. Now, there's so many different ramifications of this. It applies to the way that we behave when we go to work. It applies to the way that we behave when we go to school. It applies to the way that we behave when we're on the field. It applies to the way that we behave in our relationships with one another. And it applies even to our um, simple things, like I can tell you, just even to your daily routine. Even to the daily routine. For example, you know, one of the daily routines, we, I mean, I've spoken about this dozens and dozens of times over the last, how many, how many years have we been sitting here? But, you know, everybody's assigned a daily routine. I always tell people when we assign the daily routine, this routine is not meant to stress you. This routine is not meant to stress you. So what's the routine? Simple. Quran every day, istighfar every day, salawat every day, and a little bit of muraqaba, remembering Allah's name in your heart every day. All right? Now, this routine is supererogatory. Supererogatory means it's not mandatory. Nor is it meant to stress you. If you're going to keep a long record of every day that you miss the routine, then it's just going to weigh you down and you're going to miss the routine the next day as well. That's not the way that a person approaches the routine or any kind of routine. By the way, weight loss, exercise, you pick anything you want, it's all the same. You don't wake up in the morning and say, I didn't do it yesterday because it's going to guarantee you're not going to do it tomorrow. You wake up in the morning and you be grateful for what you did yesterday. Meaning, let's put it this way. You go to bed at night, as you're thinking about the day when you go to bed at night, you're doing a little bit of a review of how my day went. You just be grateful about whatever, we should be grateful for whatever we were able to achieve. Okay, uh, my intention when I woke up in the morning was to read Quran for 20 minutes, make istighfar, make salawat, uh, you know, remember Allah in my heart for a few minutes. All right, maybe I didn't um, do three, but I read Quran for 10 minutes. Alhamdulillah. Wonderful. That's perfect. I mean, that's 10 minutes of Quran that you recited, which was extra beyond what was mandatory. Obviously, prayer, etc., those things are mandatory. We're not negotiating those. Those are not negotiable. But in these types of things, we look at the positive. We emphasize the positive. It applies to us. It applies to those we interact with. 
if you're going to uh, wake up in the morning and tell your children, you didn't yesterday, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, guarantee tomorrow they also won't do this, they won't do this, they won't do this, they won't do this. We bury our children under the weight of our expectations. But if you say to the child, I mean, if a teacher were to say to a child, uh, uh, were you able to read last night? Uh, and the, t- the child says, uh, no, I wasn't able to read. Okay? And then you say to the child, well, it would be nice if you, let's not worry about yesterday. It would be nice if you read for 20 minutes before you went to bed tonight. You're much more likely to get that child to read for 20 minutes. You're much more likely to get that child to read for 20 minutes. And honestly, even if you didn't get the child to read for 20 minutes, you're at least able to get the child to agree with you that they should read for 20 minutes, which honestly is the battle. Reading is not the battle. Agreeing that you should read is the battle. Because once the attitude comes in the child that I need to read, then they will remind themselves because the teacher will not be there every day. The teacher is there for seventh grade or fifth grade or whatever grade they're in. They're not going to be there in the summer break, winter break, weekends, when the child grows up to be 20. You want the voice of the teacher to be in the mind of the child, which means that they have to be accepting and receptive of the message, which basically means that it has to be positive because human beings don't respond to negativity. They respond to positivity. So the same thing with something as simple as a routine. I mean, we're 60, 50-year-olds sitting in the room trying to figure out how we're going to do the routine that we haven't done for the last 30 years. At least if we say you should do the routine, everyone can agree. It's not some thing that sends all this stress down my spine and now I can't even stand it, I can't come to the masjid because I'm going to be reminded that I should do something extra. No. You go to, you, before you go to bed at night, before we go to bed at night, and we're reflecting on uh, what happened during the day, we ask ourselves a very simple question. Okay, here was my goal. Was I able to achieve any of it? And if I was able to achieve some of it, alhamdulillah. And if I wasn't able to achieve it, Tomorrow is an opportunity. Tomorrow is going to be that day that I'm going to do the routine. And we wake up in the morning. We take any opportunity that we can to take advantage of the time that Allah blesses us with. And we perform the routine. That's all that's required. That's all that's required in anything that we want to succeed in. Now, of course, I'm, excellence is excellence and a person should push themselves. And, but those are things that come beyond. Those come from within. You cannot convince somebody to be an Olympic skater. The reason somebody becomes an Olympic skater is because they want to become an Olympic skater. You don't give lectures to people about becoming an Olympic skater. It's never going to happen. You can give lectures to people about the benefits of swimming. Maybe they might try swimming. But Olympics, you don't tell people to become Olympic swimmers. They tell themselves. They fall in love. They come in the company of other people who are swimming. They talk swimming. They sleep swim. They eat swim. They're constantly engaged in it. And that inspires them to do that. That's a different discussion. We're not having that discussion today. I'm just having a very simple discussion, reminding myself, reminding everyone here, that we don't live in the past. It's very dangerous to continuously live in the past because the only thing that happens is that it binds our future. Whereas our past is full of mistakes, our future looks very bright. That's the beauty of our deen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the opportunity at any moment to be able to seek forgiveness. And what's that forgiveness predicated on? It's predicated on the notion that I can erase the past and make tomorrow better. That's what it is. Otherwise, I'm, I'm gone. I mean, if you want to judge me today and bind me to everything of the past, there's no, con- there's no concept of me making an effort. I would already be buried under the weight of my own mistakes. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing us that, that, with that opportunity in deen. And we should appreciate that opportunity in anything that we do. And we should give that opportunity to everybody else in everything that they do. I mean, unfortunately, we live in a world where everyone wants to bury people today. And they want to pull out the whole past and bury people on the spot. Not even give them a chance. I'm not saying, I, I know this gets all dicey, these kind of conversations. I'm not saying that, that you know, we're going to ignore the crimes of people and that justice shouldn't be served. All of these things have their place. But what I am reminding us of is that Allah is merciful. Allah is forgiving. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks for an excuse to overlook our mistakes. Allah is not trying to catch us on our mistakes. He's trying to make an excuse for us to benefit from whatever little we're able to offer. So part of that is an attitude. It's an understanding. And that attitude means that we don't keep ourselves bound in the past. And we don't bind others in the past. We always provide an opportunity for people to look forward to the future. And, I mean, you can just, um, how many opportunities did the Prophet ﷺ have to judge the people that were abusing him, blocking his message, precluding him from spreading the, spreading the deen? But eventually, those were the same people that eventually became the Muslims who supported the cause. All of Arabia was able to spread Islam throughout the world. If everyone would have been just condoned at that moment, except the handful of people around the Prophet ﷺ, there's no way you would have had that mass that's necessary in order to be able to spread Islam throughout the world. You need Arabia to be present to be able to convert Arabia. That's the nature of how, how, how things work. So, a very simple message for today. Number one, we shouldn't live in the past. If we make a mistake, we should seek, make a istighfar, make tawbah, and we're not going to discuss it again. I don't need to be told 20 times that you made this, you keep doing this mistake or you made this mistake. You're done. First of all, you shouldn't be revealing your sins to another person anyway. We only reveal our sins to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But let's just say that you come and you just want some general advice on some issue that constantly plagues you. It's one conversation. It's not 20 conversations over and over and over again over 10 years. Here's the issue. Yes, you recognize this weakness in you. That's a gift. Allah has blessed us with the opportunity to be able to understand that we're making a mistake. Here's the basic uh, premise by which we can resolve that. It's gone. Now we do the best that we can, and we continue to uh, battle the monkeys that you know, we carry on our shoulders, but we move forward. We don't live in the past, because the only thing that happens when you live in the past is that you basically bring it into the future. Number one. Number two, we don't carry other people in the past. Meaning we don't bury them in the past. When we interact with people, we overlook their mistakes. And the benefit of that is that, number one, it, give, it heals us. And number two, it creates opportunities for others. How does it heal us? I mean, all the studies show. If somebody uh, commits a major crime against another person, the only people who survive that crime, the victim... The only way that the victim survives the crime is to eventually learn to just let it go and forgive. Otherwise, they carry the weight of that crime with them, the trauma with them, and it just, it just burdens them for the rest of their lives. The, the victim has to eventually come to the recognition that need to, they need to forgive the perpetrator. Now, of course, there's a component of justice there. I'm not 
negating that. But in the end, if they're going to constantly live in this cycle of this happened to me, this happened to me, this happened to this, this happened to me, they will never escape the trauma of what happened in the past. So we have a responsibility when we're dealing with other people to teach that message of forgiveness. And it starts in the home. I'm going to remember all the mistakes my children made. How are they going to become the better individuals that I'm hoping that they become? If I'm going to carry the laundry list of everything that my spouse ever did to me, how am I going to become a better husband, better wife? It's not going to happen. It's just like the, the one way to guarantee that a person doesn't change is to simply remind them of the past constantly so that they can never change. So this is like a simple, two very, very simple principles that we should have concerning the past and the future. But with one caveat, which is that I'm not negating the past, I'm saying the past informs us about the future. But that's important. When I make a mistake, right, when I make a mistake, I should look at the past, I should see the root cause, I should do a simple analysis, and I should avoid those things that led to the mistake. Again, I'm not being bound by the past. I'm just letting myself be informed by the past. I take those principles and I move forward. When something good comes in my life, I should look in the past and understand why that occurred. If I see that I was successful and it occurred because I worked hard, then I should take that principle and apply it more broadly in the rest of my life. Now, I'm not going to rely on yesterday's victories, assuming that tomorrow is going to be a victory as well. If I just say, you know, I studied, I studied, I studied, I got my degree, I'm not going to do anything more, then I'm going to be bound by yesterday, I'm never going to succeed tomorrow. But if I can look in the past and say, okay, I worked hard, I was able to achieve this degree, let me be grateful for what Allah has given me and the opportunity that Allah has provided me, and let me continue to bring that blessing throughout the rest of my life in the future, then that's something positive. And that's something that we should always also bring from the past into the future. And of course, a simple example, which, you know, the reason I started this whole discussion is because somebody sent me a question, I was talking to them, talking to them about it, is just the basic routine. You know, we, by the way, and like I said, this applies to weight loss, this applies to exercise, this applies to dhikr. These are all things that we want to do to improve ourselves. Now, of course, dhikr is the highest of those things. I'm not trying to equate these two things, but I'm just giving you a, a basic principle, which is that you wake up in the morning, you go to bed at night, you think about the positives, you inform yourself by the positives, which basically inspires you to do something more. And you reflect on what precluded you from being able to achieve what you were trying to achieve. So those are, quote unquote, the negatives. And you bring it into the future, but you cut the past. And then you move forward and look forward to the future. We don't rely on yesterday's success to assume that it's going to be a success tomorrow, nor do we rely on yesterday's failures to ensure that tomorrow is going to be a failure. Each day is a new opportunity. We learn from yesterday, but we move forward to tomorrow. So this is a very, very basic uh, principle that all of us should keep in mind. It applies to so many things in our lives. It applies to the way we deal with people in our families. It applies to the way that we encourage our children. It applies to the way that we maintain ourselves and our goals. It applies to the way that we educate ourselves, the way that we feed ourselves, the way that we maintain our health, the way that we maintain our uh, spirituality, the way that we maintain our deen. It's such a broad principle and it applies in so many important pl uh, parts of our lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are able to inform ourselves from the past and may he make us amongst those who are able to succeed in the future.
وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين